A reading from the first book of Kings. Jeroboam thought to himself, The kingdom will return to David's house. If now this people go up to offer sacrifices in the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem, the hearts of this people will return to their master, Rehoboam, king of Judah, and they will kill me. After taking counsel, the king made two calves of gold and said to the people, You have been going up to Jerusalem long enough. Here is your God, O Israel, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. <clears throat> and he put one in Bethel, the other in Dan. This led to sin because the people frequented those calves in Bethel and in Dan. He also built temples on the high places and made priests from among the people who were not Levites. Jeroboam established a feast in the eighth month on the 15th day of the month to duplicate in Bethel the pilgrimage feast of Judah with sacrifices to the calves he had made. And he stationed in Bethel priests of the high places he had built. Jeroboam did not give up his evil ways after this, but again made priests for the high places from among the common people. Whoever desired it was consecrated and became a priest of the high places. This was a sin on the part of the house of Jeroboam, for which it was to be cut off and destroyed from the earth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Remember us, O Lord, as you favor your people. We have sinned, we and our fathers. We have committed crimes. We have done wrong. Our fathers in Egypt considered not your wonders. Remember us, O Lord, as you favor your people. They made a calf in Horeb and adorned a molten image. They exchanged their glory for the image of a grass-eating bullock. Remember us, O Lord, as you favor your people. They forgot the God who had saved them, who had done great deeds in Egypt, wondrous deeds in the land of Ham, terrible things at the Red Sea. Remember us, O Lord, as you favor your people. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. In those days when there again was a great crowd without anything to eat, Jesus summoned the disciples and said, my heart is moved with pity for the crowd because they have been with me now for three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them away to their homes, they will collapse on the way, and some of them have come a great distance. The disciples answered him, Where can anyone get enough bread to satisfy them here in this deserted place? Still he asked them, How many loaves do you have? They replied, Seven. He ordered the crowd to sit down on the ground. Then, taking the seven loaves, he gave thanks, broke them, and gave them to his disciples to distribute and they distributed them to the crowd. They also had a few fish. He said the blessing over them and ordered them distributed also. They ate and were satisfied. They picked up the fragments left over seven baskets. There were about 4,000 people. He dismissed the crowd and got into the boat with his disciples and came to the region of Dalmanutha. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So this is the second multiplication of loaves and fishes feeding of the multitude in the gospel uh, mark and the others as well have as you know two uh, accounts the the first one is slightly different in that it's the apostles who go to jesus and tell him so again in the first instance the apostles take the initiative they tell jesus hey um it's it's late we can't send these people away we need to we need to help them out and then Jesus says, well, feed them yourselves. And then they're like, wait, we can't do this. You need to do it for us. The second scene here, it's Jesus who, who really takes the initiative. He 
he's moved with pity for the crowd, Mark tells us. And he's like, I can't send them away. So there's a real sense, not that this isn't occurring in the first scene, it happens there too, but a real sense, especially in the second scene, of Jesus taking responsibility for the needs of the people. He didn't have to feed them. You know, think like when you go to a concert or you go somewhere, you know, you're traveling somewhere, or even you go to mass, like it's not my responsibility to like make you dinner as well or give you breakfast. Um, but, or, or the concert, wherever you're going to, we kind of take it upon ourselves to make sure we have enough food. But Jesus, he gets involved in their lives, their personal lives. Yes, he's responsible for teaching them the faith and setting their hearts free from the things that enslave them, but also just this bodily need. He's a real father. You know, this is what parents do for their children. They pack their children's lunch in the morning before they go to school. When they they get home, you know, they're, they're responsible for putting dinner on the table. Uh, Jesus does this for us. Um, and not just for this crowd 2,000 years ago, but for us today. And he does this. Uh, now, he's not going to actually give us food. Now, I just said, you know, it's not my responsibility as your priest to give you breakfast or lunch or dinner. Um, maybe it should be. But um, he's appointed us, you know, especially those in, in the church you know, who've given our lives to the church. We're not just here to live comfortable lives, but to, to give you this food. Um, and... Yes, it's the food of the Word of God. It's the food of, of the spiritual life, um, teaching you how to pray. and But also, in a way, uh, you often don't under, don't know, uh, just us sacrificing for you and praying for you. Um, so I, I make that connection, or I make that point about priests having to feed you, because connecting it to our first reading, uh, Jeroboam, who's, you know, we're, we have the division of the of the kingdom of Israel at this point. It, kind of an interesting dilemma he's in. He he does something sinful, but then he also kind of does something that's that's going to be actually prophetic. So the sinful thing is he he makes he goes back to the golden calf. He builds two calves of gold, and he sets up a rival, almost a rival religion, a rival capital uh, of worship, a rival temple. So that's bad, obviously, because there's one God. But then what he does that's kind of good is he opens up the priesthood, those who serve. Now, they're serving the wrong God, but he it's no longer just the Levites who can be priests. But what is what do we see here at the end? He made priests for the high places from among the common people. Whoever desired it was consecrated and became a priest of the high places. So this is the situation today, like... I'm a priest because God called me, but I desired it. I came from the common people. It wasn't like I'm in this special hereditary line of priests and, and whatnot. Um, so priests can, can arise from anyone, and they desire it for the right reason. Again, to, to be like those apostles, bringing souls to Jesus Christ to be fed. So pray for, pray for us priests. Pray for an increase of priests as well. And May you yourself live out a part of that priestly vocation, priestly identity by bringing others to Jesus Christ to be fed. Amen.